So it is Wednesday, my name is Philip DeFranco. Welcome back to the show. And two things before we jump into it. Firstly, I had a lot of people messaging me, where is part two of yesterday's show? It is actually up. It was just uploaded a little later because it took a little more work and it was also rated mature, so it got suppressed. So if you wanna watch another important video after this one, it'll be the top link down below. And on the opposite end of that, if after this video or that video you want to escape, I posted a brand new podcast you can watch over at youtube.com slash ACW or listen to over at linkshole.com. Today's episode is with another old school creator by the name of Hank Green. We came up together, haven't really talked in forever, and and, uh, it was a really good time. So now you know. And with that said, of course, welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. Buckle up, hit that like button, and let's just jump into it. The first thing we're going to talk about today is actually a story a lot of you requested. I think because you want me to really go at someone, you're baiting me. A number of you beautiful bastards have sent me this video of a creator by the name of Lauren. I cannot play Lauren's video here because it contains copyrighted music, but uh, just to, I'm just going to say what she says. In the video, she uploaded to TikTok and also to Twitter with a caption, the fight to end oppression for animals is the same fight to end the oppression of black people. And in the video she says, I feel like this needs to be said. And I really wish more people would connect these two dots, but black lives matter and animal lives matter. Literally all sentient beings on this planet deserve a life free from fear. So stop killing black people and stop killing animals. Veganism, black lives matter, it's all the same fight. Ah, even just repeating her words was infuri- I, you baiters. You bait? No, Lauren, it's not the same. I would, I care about a black person more than I do a chicken. And understand, it's not even remotely close. I feel slightly insane having to have even said that last sentence as if any situation would warrant the need for it. Understand the situation we're in, and this is oversimplified, is we have a group of other human beings who are not treated the same as other human beings, and that needs to be addressed. Like just in this country, hundreds of years, generations, horrible stuff. Other human beings just like me who are not treated like me are treated less than due to no choice or fault of their own. Like it takes special kind of hippy dippy BS to see people in the streets going like, stop killing black people. And you're like, yeah, and don't milk cows. Also in response to one of the many people who were like, could you not? Lauren defended herself by saying, I'm Latina. The message in my video was this. I'm a vegan fighting to end the oppression of all sentient beings on this planet. I support the Black Lives Matter movement and any other movement that seeks to do the same, it's the same fight for me. To which most people were like, yeah, it's that last line that we're taking issue with. Also, regarding one of our other points, we saw Danny Fernandez, an actress, TV writer, responding. Thank you for pointing out that you're Latina like it excuses this dehumanizing, dangerous message of comparing black lives with animal lives. You needing to distract and attach anything other than black lives to this movement actively perpetuates anti-blackness in our community. Lauren, as I was filming this video, has also kind of apologized. She starts off by saying, Yesterday I learned an important lesson that words matter. Not just my intention, but the way that I frame statements and the timing of those statements really matter. I posted a video in which some people believed that I was dehumanizing black people or comparing black people to animals. Two things that I would never do. I have appreciated all of the feedback from everyone. I will say I appreciated the tone change. She was like, people said I said something that I didn't but I appreciated everyone's feedback. She then goes on to say that we should all care about the Black Lives Matter movement, asking people to keep fighting for the end to police brutality, and then saying after the cameras are gone, though, we, we, we should do something different. We need to keep this fight against racism alive and bring it to rural areas like North Carolina. In North Carolina, for example, CAFOs, also known as factory farms, are concentrated the most 
and rural communities of color. This waste is then sprayed into the air, making it impossible for the black and Latino communities to do things that I take for granted. All right, so she's connecting kind of veganism once again to, to black lives, and ultimately it comes to this. Every time you pick up a burger with bacon, or a chicken sandwich, as many, many people commented on my last video that they were going to. Understand where your meal came from. It came at the cost of an animal's life, yes. But it also came at the cost of a black person's life, too. Laura, why in this moment could you just not keep it simple and go like, I didn't mean to equate the two things. I'm all about love, I'm all about life, I understand priority. But instead, you got to, if you eat a hamburger with bacon, you are hurting black people. I'm just, I'm gonna leave it there. I'm a better version of who I was years ago. I'm not gonna go, I'm not taking the bait fully. But now the question to you, you know, that's the story, a little bit of my opinion, Lauren shared hers, and of course, I'd love to know your thoughts, whether you agree, you disagree, whatever. Let me know what you're thinking in those comments down below. And then I wanted to talk about an update involving a story that had a lot of people enraged. So last week we talked about Micah and James Stauffer. And an oversimplified summary there for those who did not watch the full video, though I will link to it down below. They adopted a child from overseas by the name of Huxley. That child, because this family had a family vlog, became a part of the content. And that content continued for a while, but then last week they released an update saying that Huxley was now living with a new adoptive family. Essentially saying that his special needs were much more than what they expected when they adopted him. Saying they were heartbroken, but Huxley, he is thriving. He is very happy, he's doing really well, and his new mommy has medical professional training and is a very good fit. And Micah also acknowledging that she feels like a failure as a mom. Right? And following that video, there were, there were articles all over the place, there was mass outrage. And also at the same time, we had people concerned, saying, how do we know that James and Micah are telling the truth? Where is Huxley? Right? A number of people saying that Huxley is essentially missing, a number of people call the authorities. This then reportedly leads to the Delaware County Sheriff's Office investigating the Stauffers, and uh, according to their office's community and media relations manager, the Delaware County Sheriff's Office has received several inquiries regarding the welfare of a local five-year-old child. This child is not missing. Our primary concern is for the well-being of this child as well as the other children in the household. Our investigation is ongoing and will include contact with all children to ensure their safety. And also adding, all adoption cases are confidential and must go through a thorough process with specific requirements and safeguards. And closing, due to the confidential nature of this case, we will not be releasing any specific information or further comment. Right, so for the people continuing to message me saying continue to cover this story, I mean, right now you have the authorities working with several other agencies investigating this case. Right, and connected to that part, we've seen a number of journalists trying to figure out who actually facilitated the transfer, right, what agency. And there, according to BuzzFeed News, they spoke with Franklin County Children's Services. And they reported that a spokesman for that agency told them that Huxley was not in its custody, adding the adoption for the Stauffer family is an international adoption, which does not involve our agency. And adding, it appears that Micah made arrangements with an individual person versus an agency. And as far as the agency they used in the past, according to reports she's mentioned on her channel in the past, they used World Association for Parents and Children, or WACAP. Turns out that organization merged with Holt International Children's Services in 2019, and the vice president of that organization reportedly told them that the agency could not comment on whether it was involved in the Stauffer adoption. However, saying in a general sense, the way the Stauffers went about this was unusual. Right, so ultimately, that's where we are with that aspect of the story. As far as any other updates or other fallout, it appears that after a lot of people called for it, Micah has now removed all images of Huxley from her Instagram account. It also appears that she's set videos about his adoption to private on her YouTube channel, and it's also been reported that she's lost her sponsorships with Fabletics, Chili's, and Danimals. But ultimately, that's where we are with the story right now, and Obviously, we'll keep our eyes open to see if there are any other new developments. And then let's talk about what's essentially a continuing story over these last few months about the role of social media companies. You know, in the past week specifically, but also in, in the past months, we've been talking about social media companies having to react to the president. Of course, the most recent situation was Twitter fact-checking Trump, also uh, labeling one of his tweets as glorifying violence. Meanwhile, the same things were posted to Facebook with Facebook not moving on it, which has resulted in both outside and inside pressure for Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg specifically, which not to derail things too much, a quick update there. 
Zuckerberg held a meeting with his employees and he seemed open to doing something, but things will need to get worse first. In the audio that's now been leaked, Zuckerberg says, if we were entering a period where there may be a prolonged period of civil unrest, then that might suggest that we need different policies, even if just temporarily in the United States for some period compared to where we were before. And adding, we have some precedents for what that might look like. With one report explaining that he said that the company had moved to remove COVID-19 misinformation because it represented a public health emergency and that the excessive policing of the use of state force could similarly be considered an emergency that would warrant policy changes. And understand that's among other things, I'll link to it down below. But the update, the, the reason I talk about this today is not actually because of those two companies, but rather Snapchat. The company released a statement today saying, we are not currently promoting the president's content on Snapchat's Discover platform. We will not amplify voices who incite racial violence and injustice by giving them free promotion on Discover. Racial violence and injustice have no place in our society and we stand together with all who seek peace, love, equality, and justice in America. As right, so a Trump's Snapchat account will still exist, it will still be verified, but it's not gonna be promoted on the Discover page. Right, so obviously, this is notable, this is a company making a statement, but it's also in a different category. It doesn't appear that they're censoring the president, that they're stopping the president, they're just not actively promoting him. Which I guess the, the question in general, what are your thoughts about this move? But also, what are your thoughts in general about any politician appearing on a Discover tab. It makes sense, it doesn't make sense because it's politics, it's crossing a line, yes or no. And then, because it's definitely felt like it's been a minute since we talked about an international story, let's talk about the United Kingdom and China. Because if you haven't seen, in the United Kingdom, Prime Minister Boris Johnson has now pledged a path to British citizenship for nearly three million Hong Kong residents. Right, and this is really just the latest development that we're seeing following China passing a highly controversial national security law aimed at Hong Kong. And a ton has happened there, so to, to very briefly catch you up, on May 21st, China proposed that law Notably, it's widely been seen as a blatant attempt to subvert Hong Kong's freedoms and exert more control over the city. Though China has argued that it's nothing more than a way to end the violence in the city and that it would have, quote, no impact on Hong Kong's high degree of autonomy, the rights and freedoms of Hong Kong residents, or the legitimate rights and interests of foreign investors in Hong Kong. Right, so you have this bill criminalizing acts like secession, subversion, terrorism, and any activities by foreign forces that interfere in Hong Kong. And one of the biggest issues here is this subversion clause because it's so broad that it's currently unclear what it would actually criminalize. And there's also, a ton of fear because this bill would allow the mainland to set up its own security force in the city, which is something that it currently is not allowed to do. Right, so that means that China would then be able to target people in Hong Kong who criticize the government. Now, following the announcement of that bill, we've seen people flooding the streets and protest again. Right, so that led to a number of arrests and clashes with police. But ultimately what we ended up seeing is last Thursday, no surprise here, we saw that bill being passed in Beijing because as always, China gonna China. Now, for her part, Hong Kong Chief Executive Carrie Lam has dismissed concerns saying that she will support it. Though that's not really seen as a surprise here. She's been very loyal to Beijing. But while Lam has said that she's receptive to this bill, that has not been the case for a lot of world leaders. For example, we've seen Taiwan's president saying that she plans to help Hong Kong. Other countries like Canada, Australia, and Japan have also expressed concern. As far as the United States, last Wednesday we saw Secretary of State Mike Pompeo saying that the United States no longer views Hong Kong as an autonomous region. And notably, that could give President Trump and Congress the leeway to end Hong Kong's special trade status. Right, so basically, that would then impose in Hong Kong the same trade restrictions the United States has on China. But all of that then brings us to today in the United Kingdom where Boris Johnson offered refuge to nearly three million people from Hong Kong. And notably here, this would allow Hong Kong residents to come to the United Kingdom for a renewable period of 12 months. They could then be given further immigration rights, including the right to work, which could place them on a route to citizenship. And really, Johnson's response here is particularly notable because before 1997, when it was handed over to China, Hong Kong was actually a British colony. It is also very likely to put the United Kingdom 
higher on China's shit list. Now, as far as why Johnson announced this plan in an op-ed in the South China Morning Post, he said, if China proceeds, this would be in direct conflict with its obligation under the Joint Declaration, a legally binding treaty registered with the United Nations. Britain would then have no choice but to uphold our profound ties of history and friendship with the people of Hong Kong. With Johnson also going on to note that this would be one of the biggest changes to the country's visa system in British history. And as far as when this could start, Johnson said the United Kingdom would implement this plan when China formally enacts its national security law. Now, as far as China's response to this, they were very receptive, open to criticism. I'm kidding. They're not happy. I mean, you're talking about 3 million people in Hong Kong. What, that's about 40% of Hong Kong's population? It could also mean a serious brain drain if not only locals, but also businesses begin to migrate out of the city. You know, we've seen Hong Kong share market analyst David Webb saying that vaguely defined laws could fuel concerns among employers. This including banks that, you know, they'll be liable if their employees say or do something that gets them in trouble with the authorities. So that's likely why today we saw a spokesperson for China's foreign ministry saying, we advise the UK to step back from the brink, abandon their Cold War mentality and colonial mindset and recognize and respect the fact that Hong Kong has returned to China. With that spokesperson also adding that London must immediately stop interfering in Hong Kong's affairs and China's internal affairs, or this will definitely backfire. But even with that, it doesn't seem like the United Kingdom is backing down. In fact, Dominic Rabb, the UK's foreign secretary, has also been urging other countries to offer visas to Hong Kong residents. This, including Australia, New Zealand, the United States, and Canada. With Rabb saying he's raised the possibility of burden sharing if we see a mass exodus from Hong Kong. And as far as the US reaction here, last week we saw Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell saying the US response should mirror those of other democracies who have opened their doors to Hong Kongers fleeing oppression. We've also seen Mike Pompeo saying he's considering the idea of allowing more Hong Kongers to immigrate to the United States if this law goes into effect. As far as outside of the United States, you know, I mentioned the president of Taiwan pledging support earlier. She has said she's working to draw up a humanitarian assistance action plan for Hong Kong residents that lays out clear, complete plans for their residence, placement, employment, and life in Taiwan as soon as possible. But uh, with all of this, I mean, one of the questions I wanna pass off, do you think offering refuge to these Hong Kong residents is the right move? Is it the only move? Answer the United Kingdom and these other countries do more on the ground in Hong Kong. You know, an aspect to the story, not everyone is going to want to leave their home. There have also been concerns from a lot of Hong Kong residents who are afraid that they will not be able to get a job in the United Kingdom, that they'll essentially be treated like a second class. There's also major concern that young pro-democracy advocates will not be able to seek refuge. This because Hong Kong residents are only eligible to apply for that special British visa if they were born before the 1997 handover. And that's highly notable because as we've seen, young people have been one of the major driving forces behind these protests and are one of the groups most likely to be targeted under this new law. And actually, fears like that are why we've seen one veteran activist in Hong Kong saying, I think it's a shame in a way that they only offer us an exit and do not offer to stand by us in our fight for Hong Kong. And so yeah, with this story, that is where we are. And of course with it, I would love to know your thoughts here. And then let's talk about a big, big update in the George Floyd case. You know, yesterday we talked about the two autopsies, the, the most recent one being the independent one, the differences in the details and the specifics when it came to the cause of death, right? And talking about how that could change the charges that we're seeing and the news today. One, that Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison is going to be elevating the charges against Derek Chavin, adding a charge of unintentional second degree murder while committing a felony. And two, the other three officers involved in the murder of George Floyd will now be charged with aiding and abetting second degree murder. Following this news being reported, we saw Benjamin Crump, of course, the lawyer for the Floyd family, responding on Twitter. Family's reaction, this is a bittersweet moment. We are deeply gratified that A.G. Ellison took decisive action, arresting and charging all the officers involved in George Floyd's death and upgrading the charge against Derek Chavin to felony second degree murder. So massive news, a massive update. And with this, of course, I wanna pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts on this? Are you happy to see these other officers involved because you believe that they are responsible for George Floyd? 
Floyd's murder. Also, what are your thoughts about going from third degree to second degree murder with Chavin? And what do you think about the fact that it still does not imply intent? Which of course was a major reason why people were upset with a third degree charge. Do you think this will add or do anything to the outrage? Or does the fact that he could face a longer sentence now make up for that? Right, this new charge carries a sentence of up to 40 years, while third degree was only up to 25. And also keep in mind, he's still facing an additional 10 years for second degree manslaughter. But yeah, let me know what you're thinking and why in those comments down below. And that is where I'm going to end today's show. As always, thank you for watching, liking, sharing, being a part of that conversation in the comments down below. Also, if you're new here, definitely hit that subscribe button and then ring that bell so it looks like this, so you get all notifications. Also, if you're looking for more to watch, if you missed one of the parts of yesterday's show, or you want to watch that brand new podcast, you can click or tap right there to watch either of those right now. But with that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces, and I'll see you tomorrow. I hope you liked the video. Subscribe if you like it.